0: Hello and welcome to episode 78 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Julian Carl and I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Synergen Group. I'm passionate about all things leadership and management, so passionate in fact that I decided to start a podcast about it. And here we are in season two and my purpose for the podcast continues to be the same, to raise the standard of leadership. In today's show, I introduce some content around stakeholder management that we use when we're delivering face-to-face leadership programs. This is our seventh content episode of the year and also the seventh content episode of our Synergen curriculum ecosystem. Managing various stakeholders in leadership and business is a significant challenge that many leaders face. So it's really important that we have a good framework to use. So during the episode, I begin by explaining exactly what stakeholder management is. I look at the principles of stakeholder management and how they can be applied in a practical sense. We look at the five-step process for engagement, and I give you some practical exercises as a way of implementing the process. And I end the episode by looking at the barriers to effective engagement and some strategies for success. So keep listening, and as always, would really like to hear your thoughts on our content around managing stakeholders, and if there is any leadership or management idea or content that you would like me to explore on the show, please send me through an email or LinkedIn message. Now on with the show. Happy listening. Welcome to the Synergy Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian returns in 2019 with weekly conversations with leaders and authors from Australia and around the world, giving you the opportunity to share in their journey and learn from their expertise and knowledge. Julian also shares some of the tools and techniques he uses as a leader, mentor and facilitator, helping you to build your leadership capability and improve your confidence as a leader. So it's great to be back with another content curriculum ecosystem episode for you. And you know, in today's episode, I want to talk to you about this idea of stakeholder management. I think this is relevant because as leaders in at any level, we've got to be thinking about who our stakeholders are. So in some cases, it could be customers, it could be managers, it could be industry bodies, it could be government. It's obviously the people in our business, but then if you start thinking even more broadly, it's the people attached to those people, it's the people on the peripheral, it's the people that have an invested interest in our business in any case or form, shape or form. I mean, if you're working in an organization which is uh, publicly listed, obviously shareholders are, are a key stakeholder. So it is, it is a topic, I think, which is worth exploring. And So I want to start off by this idea about what is stakeholder management. So essentially, in our view, it's the the process of engaging with different people and maintaining good relationships with them. And so it means in most cases, you will be working with them in many different roles, various levels of influence. And it's important that we're communicating with each one in the right way so that we play a vital part in keeping them on board. And so every day at every level, we engage with people who have a vested interest in what we do and who we are. And most cases, they're somehow connected to our purpose. And the quality of our relationships with these stakeholders is going to determine how well that we can deliver our organisational vision. It requires a commitment, a very clear commitment to two way communication. And so, this means listening to stakeholders, keeping them informed, and being clear about how their contributions are being used. So, when we've got clear expectations, It keeps the ongoing work understandable, rewarding, and of course, focused. And so the approach is about recognizing and understanding the value, beliefs, perceptions, and ideas which any of your key stakeholders may have, not just simply agreeing to them. And so again, it gets back to this idea of developing relationships that reflect this shared understanding, and it's gonna enable you to uh, acknowledge any differences and express them in the right way. And what it does is it's going to create the basis upon which real dialogue and interaction can occur. And so as part of this content that, again, uh, this is based on some content that we deliver in our face-to-face leadership programs, uh, I want to introduce to you a a stakeholder engagement framework. And so what it does is it sets out a strategic approach to how you can uh, engage with stakeholders and it includes uh, principles for uh, guide engagement, uh, a five-step model for conducting engagement activities. Uh, it causes us to think about our challenges that are going to exist, and importantly, uh, we finish up by giving you some strategies for success. And w- what what we do have is uh, making sure that this strategy this Stakeholder engagement framework is supported by, you know, uh, lots of tools and templates so that people can actually work through this uh, in terms of planning, designing, undertaking, and evaluating stakeholder engagement activities. So let's look at the principles of stakeholder engagement and we have five principles which we think should guide stakeholder engagement activities. These principles set the standards to build consistent, open and respectful working relationships and the principles are consistent with, generally speaking, current engagement uh, standards and practices across public, private, locally and international sectors. uh, very much looking at, at a model which can apply to very different industries uh, and different organisational structures. So first principle is this idea of being purposeful. So this is where you begin every engagement with a clear understanding of what it is that you want to achieve. So if we think about it, what quite often happens is people say, oh, I want to grab a coffee with that person, have a have a chat. Well, a chat is is, is pretty vague. What do you actually want to achieve? out of that chat so it's about getting clear about these things so stakeholder engagement should be driven by strategic priorities leaders need to be aware of their stakeholders objectives environment expertise and the levels of influence and you need to know why you need to engage and you need to agree on what success looks like that way it's easy to conduct focused and meaningful engagement and this also requires you to plan communication and managing expectations. And again, if you want to build a lasting relationship with your stakeholders, you want to involve them in the process. So the second principle is this idea of being inclusive. And so this is where you identify relevant stakeholders and make and you've got to make it easy for them to engage with you. So you identify and enable the participation of these people or their organisations who contribute to influence or affected by your work. So quite quite often we identify who the stakeholders are, but we don't actually do the second part, which is how do they engage with us? And if you think about yourself as a consumer, uh, I think what you would probably agree with is that uh, particularly in Australia, customer service is becoming more and more of a challenge for large organisations in that they are trying to automate, trying to offshore... And quite often, if you want to speak to someone in a large corporate, you first thing you do is go to their website, and quite often, it's actually very hard to find a number to call, to speak to a real person. And so they haven't really thought about how making it easy for us to engage, where if you think about uh, Uber as an example – it's very easy to engage. You download an app and the app's there and the app tells you everything you need to know. You can contact the driver if you have to, you can send a text, they can call you directly. It's very easy to engage with with the, the Uber driver. And it's a perfect example of how you know the banking industry is an example don't make it easy to engage. Therefore they don't have a high level of loyalty. People are being moving bank to bank wherever they can. Whereas what you find the difference now between people that use Uber versus people that still use taxis is the people that use ta- uh, Uber's are very, very loyal to that. And once you've done it a few times, I don't hear many people saying, no, 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 I'm gonna go back to being taxis because it's such a better level of service. So it's really about how do you make it easy for them to engage. And you do wanna reach out to people that it's harder to reach you know, because they might have language or culture or age. So reach out to everyone and think about how they can engage with you. And you want to make sure that you're giving them the, the information they need to participate in a meaningful way. Uh, if you want some feedback from someone, you don't just give them what the feedback forms are. You give some context about why you want the feedback, what are you planning to do with the feedback. And that way you'll get a better level of engagement if you're being inclusive. Uh, I think it's also the third principle is this idea of timely. And this is where you involve stakeholders from the start and you agree on how and when to engage. And what this means is that you, know, you identify and explain the engagement process and you let stakeholders know where possible what the timelines are. So if you're going to introduce a, you know one of the common ones we hear at the moment is this idea of a staff engagement survey. If you really want to be timely, you let them know well in advance that you know each year we'll be running a staff engagement survey. These are the timeframes. This is how it's going to be uh, rolled out. And it, again, it's just letting people know what to expect, and it gives them a time frame. And I think people work better when they, they they have a time frame. The fourth principle of engagement is this idea about being transparent, and this is about being open and honest in engagement. And again, this this key word of setting clear expectations. And so this allows us to provide information so people can participate. And it does foster a culture of sharing ideas because I do believe that sometimes our stakeholders can can really, really have some interesting ideas. And I'll share with you an example. So I had a very deliberate coffee yesterday morning uh, with someone who I've been talking to about potentially doing some work with. And so I got a bit of an update about uh, where that, that process is at. And during the course of the conversation, uh, he was telling me about something that they did uh, in, in the US about a, a little model. And essentially what they did was they thought about how could they stack value to their customers, but at the same time increase the value they get from their customers. So it's quite a, quite an interesting uh, little conundrum there. And so one of the things that they re- did is they, they realised that they could set, um, set set a structure in place where they could deliver a, a body of work and they would say to their their customer that their customer can invite some of their customers to attend and be a part of the body of work. And so what that does is that means that their customers' customers feel as though they're getting the value add uh, because no one else is offering that. It's a real differentiator for them. And they were getting the value add because they were getting exposed to their customers' customers. So it's a really interesting idea, which I've actually been thinking a lot about, about how we can apply that type of model. But again, it's a, it's about being transparent and it's about identifying how you want to engage. And, and I think through that conversation, it became really easy for me to see that you know this stakeholder was being very transparent with me about something that worked for them and as a result I got a much better insight into them as an organization and it's had some real value for me. So I think there's a lot of value in that fourth principle, which is this idea of being transparent. And I think that the final principle of engagement is this idea of being respectful. So this is where you acknowledge and respect the expertise, perspective and the needs of stakeholders. So again, I'll share a little example with you. We have a customer and the program that we're running with this customer is very different to what we normally run with our customers. And I suppose as a consequence of that, I'm a little... Less satisfied with the, the, the work that we're doing because I feel as though we, we may not necessarily be doing our best work. And so, you know, then it's quite timely that I'm, I'm come meeting uh, this customer uh, next week and we're just going to be talking through sort of some, 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 some thoughts around this. You know, and I need to be very respectful of, of their uh, expertise and, and what they're planning to do, but it also goes both ways. So I like to think that here at Synergy Group, we are very, very good at what we do and, and we're not beginners, and not novices, and we know how to run programs. And so my wish and my hope and my desire is that this particular customer also acknowledges and respects um, our view and our perspective because we do have an invested interest, obviously, of seeing the program be successful. So it's really interesting when you start to look at how you can make sure that you're maintaining these high levels of respect uh, and expertise of all the people around you. And And I think, again, it's important as part of the respect principle to recognize that the different communication needs and preferences of these stakeholders. So, you know, to to continue on with the example I just gave you, uh, I think this communication needs to be held face-to-face. I don't think phone is the right forum. So we're we're putting in the effort to coordinate our diaries and calendars and and make sure that we're meeting face-to-face. So it is something which I think that is really important to think about is this idea of the different communication needs. So I wanted to now introduce to you the five-step process for engagement. And it's structured, structured to support you through the planning, preparation, action, and evaluation of every engagement activity. And the process is dynamic and it's an ongoing cycle. And what this does is support a comprehensive approach to engagement and will, over time, build a, a real evidence-based platform for continuous improvement. So first step is this idea of uh, thinking strategically. And this is where you need to map out all your stakeholders. You need to identify the issues that they have. You need to, as a result of that, uh, set strategic objectives. And then the final point there is that you need to prioritise. And if you can do all of that, you're probably going to be ahead of most leaders out there that, that, that aren't actually thinking about stakeholder engagement and certainly if they are they're not necessarily thinking about it from a strategic perspective so the second stage in in this process for engagement is this idea of analyzing and planning so this is where you, you look at what, what progress are we making you're learning about your stakeholders you're setting objectives you're learning from others and you're identifying partners and you're constantly reviewing the progress of the relationship and it's really important to be taking the time to, to dig deep into how, how does the relationship work with your stakeholders. Uh, if I give you another e- example, uh, a, a different uh, one of our customers to the previous example, you know, there, there, there's certain things that we need from them uh, to enable us to do our, our work and there's certain things they need from us. And so we've made very sure that it's about, this is when we need the information, are you able to provide the information, and this is when we'll give you that information back. So it does very much, uh, we have very much taken the approach of you know putting a plan in place. Third stage in this process for engagement is, is this idea of resourcing and preparing. And this is where you build internal skills and capability and you're building stakeholders capacity to engage. You're starting to address questions of internal competencies and you're starting to look deep into to, to your skill set as a leader, the skill set of your teams. And you really want to build that internal capability. And again, bring it back to how do your stakeholders engage with you? Do they engage with you through your website? Do they engage with you through your people? Do they engage with you through face-to-face? Is it some other way? Really starting to build their capacity to engage Four stages: is this idea of designing and engaging. And this is where you identify the most effective engagement approach and you design the process. So again, this is very much going to depend on the type of business you're in and the type of leadership structure you have around you. And essentially, you're taking the time to think about, well, how best can we engage with all of our stakeholders? And I think a lot of people focus on their customer engagement how do they engage with their customers? But it's equally important to think about how you engage with your team, and I'll give you some. Give you another example that something that we've done internally in Synergy and, uh probably over the last uh, four to six weeks is that. We know that as a, as a business, as a small business, we need to continually engage with everyone in the team and especially when you have uh, people flying around the country delivering training, you have people that work in different locations whilst we have Synergen HQ. Uh, some people work from home every now and then and now we have someone working with us from Sydney. So we do have uh, quite a diversely spread workforce and the, the, the team have recently come up with the idea of introducing Yammer as an internal communication method. And what that does is, uh, you know, and I didn't drive this, which is, a, which is a good thing. It came from the team. And what, what it's enabled me to, to see is that the team really do want to engage with what's happening with others in the business so if I'm traveling interstate I can put a photo send a send a put a post whatever it is and the team get a sense of uh, what I'm doing and how I'm going and and I can get a sense of what they're doing and how they're going and it is a great way to engage the team uh, in, in in what we're doing so again it's really going to depend on you uh, to design and engage what's most effective for you and I think the final uh, stage in the process of engagement is obviously, you know, reviewing and measuring how you're going. Are you really getting the level of engagement you'll, you want? Are you not? If you're not, what's causing that? Why is what do you need to change? Uh, what can you improve? And it's really taking that time to review and measure to track your progress. So I wanted to give you a couple of uh, activities to consider as, as part of this because I think it is, it is worthwhile well how do, you, how do you turn this into a how do you turn an audio podcast into something practical? So first thing I'd like you to do is consider uh, who you think your key stakeholders are. Uh, are they internal or external? and what issues might they have? So again, who are they? Are they internal or external? And what issues they may have. So a customer may have a very different issue to a supplier. Uh, a team member might have a very different issue to a manager. So it's really just staying to think about who the stakeholders are. I'd then like you to think about, now that you've got a bit of a sense about who they are, what are some strategic objectives? What What could you actually achieve by engaging with these different stakeholder groups more effectively? So if you identified customers as a pretty key area, which I imagine most businesses would, what can you do to really increase that level of engagement with your customers? What can you do if if you've got a supplier issue? I mean, if you really want to work closely with a supplier and get the best terms off your supplier, you need to work closely with them. They're not just going to give you the best terms. You need to be seen as a valued and a trusted customer. So what can you do to really start to build that level of engagement with your suppliers. And once you've come up with a couple of strategic objectives, what I'd like you to do is prioritise those. So which ones do you want to do right now? Which ones are, for example, which ones are three months, six months, nine months, 12 months? Really start to prioritise what some of your objectives are. I'd also like you to think about when you've got these uh, key stakeholders identified, what could you learn from them And what do you need to learn about them? So two questions. What can you learn from them? What do you need to learn about them? Now these are important questions to ask because they're going to give you a high level of insight into your stakeholders. Uh, It's going to allow you to craft a series of questions designed to elicit response. That way you're going to build your knowledge about them. And then importantly what what do you need to learn about them that 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 is important because if you understand that they have a different personality style to you if you if you understand what their uh, their KPIs are if you understand what their pressures are that's going to enable you to develop a better way of engaging with them it's going to enable you to design a more effective way of engaging with them so now that you've had a thought a, a think about who your key stakeholders are and you've thought about um, what their relevance is and you, you've thought about what you need to know about them and what you can learn from them, I want you to be thinking about, well, how are you going to increase your internal capability to maximise that? So if you've identified that you have customers as a key stakeholder group, in particular customers, uh, in particular that you're thinking of relevant to you and then you've thought that' there's some key things you've identified you need to know about them and you need to learn about them and then all of a sudden you realize that uh, you don't have the resources to to engage with them well how are you going to do that uh, and, and there's a look every, every problem has a solution I'm'm a, I'm a believer in that but you, you do need to think about how can you increase your internal capacity to engage with your key stakeholders. Uh, I'll I'll give you an example. If you had a really big database of past customers, but you didn't have the internal capability to uh, contact all of those customers, well, then you're not really going to have an effective customer engagement process. So you really need to be thinking about what resource you need, and you can do that in, in in short-term situations. You might have engaged an organisation just to do a whole series of calls for you. You might uh, put someone on a short-term contract to take care of that. You might be able to allocate it to someone who's uh, got a bit of a gap in their their workload. So it really is thinking about how can you increase your organisation and your team's capacity to engage with your key stakeholders. And so once you've done that thinking, all that thinking about key stakeholders, strategic objectives, what you need to learn, internal capability, et cetera, et cetera. It's really now uh, for you to put together a process for how you're going to engage. And, yeah, you you need to do this in a, in, a, in a visual way. I'm a big believer so that people start to get a, a sense of, of what the flow is, how the process is going to work, and you need to – you might have different processes for, for different groups – I can tell you now that uh, in, in my work, we're a registered training organisation, meaning we can deliver uh, f- nationally recognised qualifications, Australia and overseas, and one of our stakeholders is um, the, the federal regulator, ASQA. And what's really interesting about uh, the relationship we have with them is they don't want a personal relationship with all of their stakeholders. They make it very clear that there's no personal relationships to be had. If you ask any questions, you get very uh, formulaic answers, and it's certainly not a situation which I'm used to, where that when you have stakeholders that are invested uh, in delivering great outcomes, that one party deliberately decides, that they don't want a personal relationship with an organization. So you've just really got to think about what works for you, what's in your business, what's the, what's the current state, who are the industry bodies, and really start to look at how all that works together in a sense, in a in a way, that's actually relevant to you and your business. And so I wanted to uh, finish off this episode with the, with the last two pieces uh, of, of content which I think are, are relevant. And the first one is this idea of What are the barriers to effective engagement? And I suppose the first barrier that we believe exists is this idea of an unclear purpose. So the purpose of the engagement is poorly defined. That means all the activities that follow will be affected uh, and stakeholders will really not feel as though uh, they are fully engaging with you. I think another barrier is the different capacity of stakeholders. Stakeholders can sometimes have different levels of skills and experience in engaging uh, that could affect their ability to fully participate in any sort of initiative. And I think that's, again, working with them to build their levels of engagement. Uh, you might have insufficient skills in your team. So if you, if you want to really embark on a, on a comprehensive stakeholder engagement, process you do need specific skill sets and if you don't have those skill sets how you're going to do it effectively unfocused dialogue so this is something where the you know, stakeholder engagement can cover so many issues but you really need to be focused on what what are what what are you really trying to achieve what, what what's the what's what, what are we here for what's the focal point here and if you don't have that unfocused dialogue, we just end up going into what we call the land of the unknown tongue and you're talking about whatever it is you're, you're talking about. And then I suppose the final barrier is this idea of uh, failure to review and evaluate. So in other words, you put some effort in, and but you don't really follow up and you don't really review how things are going. And as a result, uh, engagement starts to drop significantly. So now that we understand the barriers, I want to give you some strategies for success. And short, sharp bullet points, but I think they, they're they really relevant to thinking about what can we do to make sure that we're going to be successful in our stakeholder engagement. First thing is obviously you need to commit to action. You need to make sure that you want to uh, actively engage your stakeholders. You need to manage time and resources and like I said before you've got to make sure that you do have those resources. You've got to map your stakeholders and get the right stakeholders to the table. So if you have customer stakeholders well then you need to get the right people within those customers to the stakeholder table so you can have the conversation need to agree with your stakeholders? How are you going to engage with them? Is it going to be you know one-to-one meetings? Is it going to be formal reporting of some description? How are you going to engage? Make sure you plan the engagement and manage all the expectations that are with that. Make sure you have a, a fit-for-purpose approach. I don't necessarily know if there's a one-size-fits-all for every industry type, every uh, type of organisation and every type of stakeholder relationship. So if it needs to be fit for purpose, that's fine. Uh, I'd like to encourage you to use consistent and appropriate messaging in your engagement. In other words, why are you doing it, how are you going to do it, be consistent with that. Uh, learn from others. So there's lots to be learnt when you have these conversations with your stakeholders so make sure that you are approaching it from that perspective of learning use the information you collect be focused and flexible and listen and be respectful and i think we sometimes we think we know what's best but sometimes other stakeholders got a very different opinion and it's really worthwhile listening and being respectful on that and i suppose the last two is is sort of critical this and that is this idea of being able to disagree So there's nothing wrong with being able to disagree with a stakeholder as long as it's obviously done in a respectful manner. And the final strategy for success here is this idea of don't expect to change the world overnight. So if you wanna actively engage with your team uh, because you haven't effectively engaged with them before, it's not gonna change overnight, it takes time. And, And over that time, what will happen is the trust time equation will kick in. And that is that the more people have exposure to you, the more interactions they have with you, the more they'll start to trust you. And when you can put those two together, uh, you're going to be in a very good position for uh, improving your stakeholder engagement levels. So that's pretty much it. That wraps up uh, this latest content uh, curriculum ecosystem episode for you, all about stakeholder engagement. And I think... uh, one parting thought is don't you don't necessarily have to engage with all stakeholders simultaneously. Uh, if you don't have robust systems in place, it might be worthwhile just choosing one stakeholder group and whether that's your customer group, your supplier group, your team, uh, a, a different department, a different division, government, industry body, whatever it is, maybe just start with one and, and try to focus your attentions there. Start to build your capability in being able to engage. Start to build the relationships. And I think you'll find that the results will be significant for you. And once again, if you're interested in getting some some, some printed written material, happy to share with you what we have. So feel free to send me through an email or a LinkedIn request. So I think that's about it for stakeholder management. Once again, always love to hear what you think. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up episode seventy-eight of the Synergy and Leadership Podcast. Another content and curriculum ecosystem episode for you. I'd like to encourage you to head on over to the Synger Group website and engage in the conversation with us. Tell us what you liked about the episode, tell us who you'd like us to interview, or tell us what sort of content you'd like us to deliver. And if you are an iPhone user, please feel free, head on over to the Apple site, leave us a review. It really does help us build awareness of the podcast. In next week's episode, we have another great interview for you, Right, chat with Shelley Flett, author of The Dynamic Leader. It's another great author interview episode. Until then, Would love to hear what you think. Happy listening.